Ryder Nation, William Powell, bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. And I have power right now. Yeah. Hey! You, you didn't yesterday when we uh, were going to do this and have a guest with us, and that kind of screwed up, so thanks a lot. Well, if we can't talk about rain games and power outages, that means we'll have a power outage. We automatically check that off as a win, though, right? Oh, well, yeah, we... well. We, I didn't even hit record. I just was hitting record, and I thought I blew a breaker. Yeah, I feel like pregame, they have to reschedule. Well, Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast, brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check us out on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. You can follow me at Safamod. And don't follow me at Greg on Sports. I don't care how close I am to 1,000. Do not follow me stop yeah don't don't get him to a thousand wink i'll follow you greg thank you thank you steve we're also a proud member of the cfpn the canadian football podcast network and a part of the saskatchewan podcast network gentlemen we have so much to discuss right now let's get to it time for the opening kickoff now why can't the power go out (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> too too busy loving that intro man what a great what a great intro it's lasted all these years third one from the gun oh well let's talk about that no more rec laws at least that's uh according to uh, tsn's press release announcing their play-by-play crew this year so get this email from from tsn pr the public relations department saying, hey, we're going to have Marshall Ferguson, Rod Smith, Dustin Nielsen, Farhan Lalji, Rod Black is the play-by-play guys, and Kate Birnass is going to be the new host on the panel, and great, and everything, and you start reading down, and it says there's a new song of the season by some guy I've never heard of from New Marketville, Ontario, and I'm like, cool, no more rec laws. That's the big story. Third one from the gun is gone, guys. Yes. Well, well uh, I guess this is now we should probably let everyone know that it will be new the new uh, song of Piffle's podcast. Uh... No, <laughs> oh, no, man. no. I'm for it. You know, I, I, I think I enjoy people getting mad about nothing important as much as I love anything else. So yeah, I'm for it. The amount of people that hate that song, myself included. I, I had really so much like fun just splicing that into uh, well-known videos last year, like Michael Jordan on the bus. I was putting it in yep. Shaq and his sons uh, partying there. Like, <laughs> I, I enjoy just sliding that song into videos people don't expect because <laughs> that, that's my version of Rick rolling is Rick law, Rick rolling. I don't know. Rick rolling. That's, that's not bad. Rick rolling. rolling. Rick rolling. That's it. My favorite long live the night moment has to be the tweet that they put out. The CFL put out back when the Mandalorian was a thing. And when Baby Yoda's pressing play on the song or whatever on the button, oh, yeah. I've never actually seen it. 
and then they played the song and i don't know who it was who was it the mandalorian turned it off yeah, yeah. mandalorian yeah. yeah you guys are the star wars nerds um <laughs> he turned it off and then baby yoda goes and presses it again and it's long live the night so that was the best piece of content the cfl i think has ever created for social media <laughs> and now they ruined it by getting rid of the song oh hey well, for all we know this new song is just a remix of long live the night just when things couldn't get better for the cfl <laughs> i'm just trying oh. to picture a remix of that song now and it hurts my brain considering that's actually uh, a remake of their actual song i know and well with very specific lyrics taken out and put and replaced with football style lyrics yeah the, the song makes if you actually listen to the entire cfl cut it makes no sense and who, who the hell thought third and one from the gun was an appropriate football comment that should have ended that song's chances right there. Have you seen Have you seen Steve McAdoo's play calling? I know, and look how well that did. Obviously, Steve McAdoo has a writing credit. How many times <laughs> in the in the West Final did they have oh. third down and couldn't convert from one or two yards out? I refuse to talk about that. That game did not happen. Twenty nineteen didn't happen. Best thing happened so, on that day was uh, was my dog. I got my dog, and that was about it. Oh, and it was my birthday, and that's it. Nothing else and happened on that day. No, nothing else that ruined everybody's life. Nothing. So <laughs> they kept anyway. us at home for a year and a half. Nothing else <laughs> happened on that day. I can't yeah. decide if you're if you're meaning the bombers going to the Gray Cup or the first Rona case. Uh, a little bit true. of both. <laughs> two right? things like, can be true. Yeah, both both of those things ruined us. Both things were terrible. So that's the big news in the CFL this week. There's literally nothing else going on. Um, so I guess that's the show this week. But can we talk? Can we talk about the uh, commentators first? I am actually very excited to see Rod Smith in the booth. I, lo I loved him on the panel, but that that man has the, a voice for football. I cannot wait. And he's called a few games here and there before for the CFL uh, over the last couple of years, just kind of in a pinch when they needed him to. And he was fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing more games with with Dustin Nielsen. He's out of uh, TSN Radio in Edmonton, but also Marshall Ferguson friend of the show we've had him on a few times his knowledge of the game is is incredible but my concern with that is he's such a numbers guy that i'm curious how that translates to the broadcast and how much they're going to be like hey nobody cares nobody cares we don't need that many numbers he, so yeah he's going to sound like he's talking in binaries and ones and zeros the <laughs> entire time we, we talked about it in our pre pre-show chat before we had to cancel yesterday i would love to see a game uh, commentated between uh, Derek Taylor and Marshall Ferguson. I know you guys said they have a podcast. I haven't listened to it, but I would love to see them actually call a game just to see how many different numbers and ideas they could pull out in say even one quarter. There'd be way too many. I couldn't even remember one after the game because there'd just be so many numbers that it would just jumble in your head. Here, here, here's a preview. One zero zero one zero zero one zero zero one. That's, that's all it's going to be. It's going to be nothing but numbers, nothing but stats. I think you just said touchdown in binary. Uh, probably. All right. But seriously, there actually is some rider stuff here to talk about. Let's get to the, uh, the team. The, the green and white game is Saturday. And uh, I think this is clearly the most important green and white game that we've ever seen. This scrimmage, it's as close as they're going to get to a game situation in training camp, especially with no preseason games. Guys, 
this is the only way to evaluate some of these guys. Do you think there's a, a remote possibility that some of the cuts that come in after this game are going to be absolute blunders? I don't know how they're even going to evaluate these guys based on a scrimmage. Like you're going to have to go based on a lot of film and basically try to figure out who wants it more without live fire. It's going to be really hard to find out who's ready for prime time and who's just kind of half-assing it. I'm, I'm really excited to see where the, uh, that, that linebacking core that we've, talked so much about over the last little while where they actually show up or who shows up where uh, to start that game and how well they do against outside of the offensive line a really well oiled unit uh, of an offense so it's going to be interesting to see how how that group fares against a group that's been together all of last season 2019 I got to stop saying last season because you know Oh, it, it's it's hard to figure out because technically speaking, it is technically last season, <laughs> right? It's just a over a year ago, right? But what I'm really looking forward to is, tr- yeah, yes, most of this offense has been together. Obviously, the offensive line, we'll be talking about that in a bit. But with two Canadians as the wide receivers or as receivers, I'm curious on who's going to shine as the Americans because there's a lot of talent on that American receiver roster that I don't know who's going to actually make this team. I, I well, like that Paul McRoberts has gotten a legitimate chance at, uh, at receiver over the last little while to, uh, uh, to make his, make his chances known or make his, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he's been the guy I talked about for two years and he's finally had his opportunity. And it sounds like he's absolutely lighting it up in practice too. Well, it's coming at the expense of Jordan Williams-Lambert, who isn't going to be ready for this green and white game, has a, a hand injury, I guess a big cut on his hand, and it sounds like he'll be ready after that. But you have Shaq Evans, Kyron Moore, presumably Jordan Williams-Lambert, and two Canadians. There's your starting five right there. And Paul McRoberts is your, is your backup that's going to dress, and that's pretty much what you're going to go with. So I'm curious, I'm curious to see what the Canadians – are going to be whether it's Justin McInnes and Braden Linius that start, whether Jake Hardy's going to be in the rotation if he makes the team. Uh, Keon Schaefer Baker is making a lot of noise. Terrell Janna's shown up well as a rookie. Yeah, our second round pick this year, Terrell Janna. And like you're not going to be able to keep them all on the active roster. Not for two spots. You can't have five or six guys. That's just a lot for I, I guys that aren't going to play. I can't remember who it was I saw on Twitter and mentioned it, but you know Ottawa is sitting there waiting for uh, for that first roster to see who of our Canadian guys is on the uh, on the practice roster that they can try and uh, snake away from us for free because there's going to be some talented Canadian receivers on that on that roster or on that practice the, roster. The Ottawa Red Blacks are so bad on paper this year. I honestly don't know if they'll win a game. I really don't think they will. Just looking at the roster, it's that bad. And I'm dead serious that they're better off, honestly, taking every other team's cuts and remaking a team out of that than what they have in Ottawa. That's how bad this team is. Every other team, I can name a couple receivers. They have RJ Harris. (laughs) I don't know who else. Because Brad Sinopoli retired. Uh, Dominic David or um, Rhymes. Dominic Rhymes went to BC. Like, I don't know who they have. That is a bad football team. And you say they're not going to win a game. We all know they'll beat us once because you said that. 
Of course they will. That's that's just what, and it'll be it'll be in Regina too because in accordance why not pro- in accordance with the prophecy. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're going to be stealing a bunch of practice roster cuts because you're right that that lineup is not looking good. But who know who knows what's going to come out of two years off, right? Some of the guys that we think are going to be all stars might 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 tank after taking a year and a half away from the game. And that's one everybody thing I, else might get hurt. And that's one thing I've been hearing about, especially Justin McKinnis. He's unfortunately in the in COVID, he had to look after his young family because his wife was a full-time had full-time work. So he didn't get to the gym as much. So he came into camp out of shape. And so is that going to affect his future with the team or, or do you hope he gets into shape? Like, I don't know what to do. Cause he seemed like a very promising receiver in 2019. Well, and I've actually had the chance to talk to guys like Trevor Harris and um, Jeremiah Mazzoli and Vernon Adams over the last week or so, just with, uh, with my job. And I asked them, I'm like, okay, there's one thing about being in shape, but also football shape is completely different than just being in shape. Like I know what either of those things are. Round is a shape. Round is a shape. I know round is a shape. But uh, when I asked that, I'm like, how did you guys stay like ready for football to be in football shape over almost having two full years off? And like, it's just like you do the best that you can. So I think the guys that played last year in the, uh, in the XFL or in the NFL, even on practice roster or in college last year, they're going to have a leg up on some of the vets that didn't even play last year. So I'm really curious how vets are going to perform right off the start of the season before I guess they get their, their legs under them. When you got these young guys coming in trying to steal their jobs already, but then they're the ones that have actually played in the last year. So this green and white game and all the other scrimmages that teams are going to do, it's going to be really interesting. And you know there's going to be a vet uh, that just doesn't have a good game or doesn't have a good practice, and he's not going to make the team because of it. And you're going to have guys that play good in this scrimmage that are still going to get cut because teams are going to go with the vet instead. And then someone else is going to pick him up, and that's going to come back and bite you in the butt. Who's going to be the most surprising cut for the Riders, do you think? Cody Fajardo. No. <laughs> that, that would, would be that very surprising. Be yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> He's making too much money now. I I think Jordan Williams Lambert will not be on this team come come opening day. I really don't. I think you're right with how well. Well, no, I think he'll still be around as that that sixth receiver, but I don't think he's going to be on the starting roster. I think uh, Paul McRoberts is going to take his spot. And you hate to see a guy lose his spot to injury, but that's exactly what's happening. He's he was great all last last season in on in practice finally gets his chance with the ones and ran with it. How do you take that spot away from him now? But, but on the flip side, who do we have after Jordan Williams or Lambert for depth? Cause you have to plan for multiple injuries. Right. But you also got to think with the contract that Williams Lambert has, there's probably a guy on a minimum that can be that backup player. And Williams Lambert really hasn't played in almost three years. He didn't really play that much when he came back from the NFL and he was just a practice roster or training camp guy there. So he hasn't really played meaningful games outside of a couple here in 2019. But even then he didn't play much and he didn't really look like he deserved to be there, to be honest. Yeah. Like he did not look right when he got back from Chicago. So yeah, he looked really good in 2018, but what, yeah. What do you do with almost three years uh, without live fire? 
and now with an injury, you don't make the club in the tub is, is the saying. So I'm, it, it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm having a hard time with this, with who could be a surprise cut. I said this last going into last season in 2019, and I think I'm going to say it again, but Ed Ganey, and the reason why is just the depth that they have at defensive back right now. You got, everyone keeps forgetting we have Lorenzo Jerome who came over from the Calgary Stampeders. He can play in that Sam linebacker position. He can play in the secondary. You have Nick Marshall. You have Lucez Purifoy. You have A.J. Hendy, um, a new guy out of Maryland that's coming in. And uh, he's kind of the talk of training camp in terms of defensive backs. And I know that there's a lot of issues with the, the linebackers right now. We'll get into the linebackers here in a minute. But I just think they have enough guys that can cover that he might be a guy on the way out. With his age, and, and we had Craig Dickinson said it right before training camp started, you're going to have uh, vets get cut that just thought that they were in shape and didn't do what's necessary. And, I mean, from all training camp reports, Ed Ganey has had all the number one reps, but if there's a guy that's younger, cheaper, and we're seeing it in the NHL right now, cap space, that's a premium. And if you can get that in the CFL right now and, and load up later in the year or whatever the case is, you kind of have to do it. I, I think this is going to be the year out of all years where we don't really see much in the way of surprising cuts. I don't see Ed Ganey getting cut right now, especially with him getting all of the number ones uh, in, in practice or in camp or whatever you want to refer to this preseason practicing. Um, he seems to be the guy and you don't really have the opportunity to see people in game conditions before the season kicks off. I think this is the year where you go with the guys, you know, and, and kind of go from there, especially after again, losing two thirds or three, three thirds, all three thirds, all, 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 yes. All of our uh, linebacking core from last season, right? You don't, you're already in, in rough shape in that front seven. I think you leave the, the DBs as, as best you can. And, build build from out there and i think one thing that saves gainey is who is that veteran leadership on the defensive side you don't have solly back there you don't have charleston like who who's back there that is going to be your so-called quarterback of the defense you got mike edam there Dion lacy's uh coming in that everybody forgets yeah. you have a vet like kevin francis who's no stranger to this riders team that everybody forgets that they i forgot we even signed back. him to be honest i exactly. completely forgot we even signed him <laughs> exactly micah johnson's a leader i know you're talking about the secondary and linebackers but yeah. he's a, a guy lucia's purifoy is a veteran and you're getting a nick marshall who's getting into his third full season like they have guys that have been around for a little bit so they they have options there um we'll talk about the linebackers in just a bit in the uh, Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones, but just want to get to one more thing here on the opening kickoff. And that's the offensive line. The what? Exactly. The who? It's offensive. It's offensive. It it might be. And so this is what it should be going into week one against BC. Cameron Jefferson at left tackle, Brett Boyko at left guard, Dan Clark at center, of course. Evan Johnson at right guard and Taryn Vaughn at right tackle. Now, this is assuming Taryn Vaughn is uh, healthy. He's having shoulder issue right now, and we have no idea when he's going to be back. Brett Boyko, I mean, Saskatchewan guy, you want to 
you know, love him for that, but he was bad for BC in 2019. Their whole offensive line was everyone bad. was bad for BC. Yeah, like the whole line was bad. Evan Johnson, he he has to go back in quarantine because he uh, he left the team because his wife gave birth to a ch- to their child. So he's got to you know go back into the quarantine and wait. So he's missing very valuable reps, especially with no preseason. And you're going in with Cam Jefferson. We have no idea what he's capable of at left tackle, probably the most important position on the offense other than the quarterback. And then Taron Vaughn at right tackle, who has a shoulder injury. So what do you do after that with, with what you have behind you? Like you got to really hope that Logan Furland of the, the Regina Thunder is ready to make that leap to be the sixth guy. Is it Josiah St. John? Because if we're going to have to rely, he was getting a lot of number one reps this week. Josiah St. John, if they're going to rely on him, that offense is in trouble. Hey, first overall pick, Josiah St. John, I would like to remind you. <laughs> Chris Jones draft pick. That should well, tell you just about everything you need to know. Well, let me he tell you. He did knock it out the park with, park with Cam Judge, though. Well, to be fair, that one didn't look really hot in the first year and the offseason. Oh, man. That that Cam Judge Twitter tirade was great. <laughs> but, yeah, he matured. Josiah St. John never did. Um, but Careful, guys. Last time we started talking negatively about an old lineman, he refused to ever come on our show again. Gee, who is that, Steve? You want to call him out now? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but I don't know. Like everyone knows I have really high hopes for Logan Furlan. I think he's going to be a solid uh, offensive lineman in this league. He will be a starter at some point this year. That's a tall ask, but I think he'll get there. Um, yeah. I'm worried about that outside because we've got a guy that's injured and a guy we don't know. And everyone knows Cody likes to do that blind turn. So there, there is going to be a lot of, of bootlegs and running and quick, uh, quick screen passes because he's not going to have a lot of time to, uh, to, to run around back there in the, the this season. We, well, we don't know that. We this this line could gel. This it might surprise us, but I could win the lottery too. Well, you <laughs> you you buy the tickets for a group, so no, you can't. I know this for a fact. <laughs> they they get progressively worse every week, but it's not wrong. Okay, well, Here's a potential, I rest my uh, case. <laughs> here's a potential Band-Aid solution. Derek Dennis. Do you think Jeremy O'Day has reached out to uh, the Edmonton Elks? After, uh, yes. Why wouldn't you? Problem is, though, Brock won't let him go because now they're mad at Derek because Derek opened his mouth. <laughs> well, we were supposed to have Derek Dennis on the show, but of course, because the power went out and scheduling, we'll get him on hopefully next week and, and uh he, uh, it sounds like he has a lot of things to say about he that. He is already well, on the books. He is definitely. And be. we will absolutely let him share his piece and not muzzle him one bit because that's not what we're about. But uh, I mean, I, I get it. I understand why Edmonton wanna, wouldn't want to trade him, especially to a division rival and have him come in and start for your for the other team. But at the same time, if this guy clearly doesn't want to play for you anymore, why wouldn't you just, even if you get a seventh round draft pick, get something for nothing. If you're just going to let him sit there and, and do nothing, why? That's a waste. That's a complete waste. Pettiness. It, it's <laughs> it's petty and dumb. And look what the Riders finally did with Matt O'Donnell when he wouldn't sign here. Just get rid of the guy. Yeah, like what what's the, what's the point of just letting the guy rot? Like 
get get something back from. Pro- the problem is with Derek though, because he's they put him on the retired list. They don't have to pay him, so they hold his rights and don't have to do anything with him. So he's kind well, of yeah. Back. They've they've got nothing to lose. They they can sit and hold on to his rights for as long as they want. He's not taking up a roster spot. He's not taking up any salary cap, anything on the books. They they have no downside here. They can just be petty if they want to. But here's the thing: to put him on the retired list, doesn't he? Like I, I obviously haven't asked Derek about this yet. But if he's on the retired list, wouldn't he have to actually fill out retirement paperwork? He's probably on the suspended list. No, he's on the retired list. CFL oh, Transactions he? has him listed as retired. Oh. Yeah, but it, he may have done that when when he decided to step away in June. But he said he wasn't. Well, his announcement. Once again, I guess we can talk. We can talk about this with him. But once again, he said he wasn't retiring. He was just stepping away for the year. Yeah. It, it felt a lot in the vein of a um, Brendan Labatt. He just wasn't playing this year. But, well, isn't, well, isn't Labatt on the retired list or is he suspend, on the suspended he, list? He's on the suspended list. Uh, interesting. Well, we'll dig into that with Derek Dennis next week here on the show. That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage or John Realty. Let's get to the Churchill Brewing Company's odds and end zones. Guys, let's take a look at the Riders linebackers heading into 2021. We've been going through over the last little bit each position to see what the Riders have. And uh, this is the biggest question on the team. I know we just talked about the offensive line, but really this is the one with the biggest amount of turnover. And we have no idea who the hell's going to start other than Dion Lacey. Um, just looking at it, you have guys, we were hoping to have Larry Dean, but of course, Achilles, but the bringing, but they brought in the Herman Reed brothers, Jordan and Justin. So there's your kind of Canadians and Micah tights to, I guess, replace Cam judge. Micah tights has apparently been getting a lot of reps with the number one group at that wide side linebacker. So if he's ready to take that step to be a starter and you can rotate them in and keep the guys fresh with the Herman Reed brothers, I think that's a big win for the team there just in terms of keeping legs there. Dion Lacey, we've talked about where he can kind of play DB. He can play linebacker in that cover role. They cut Sean Adowu, who was, I guess, projected after um, after Larry Dean got hurt. He was projected to be the starting middle linebacker, and he's gone. And they brought in Gary Johnson Jr., who's been taking a lot of reps at the number one in the, the middle linebacker spot. And then you got guys that can kind of play that defensive back and cover position as well too you can move Lucius Purifoy down into a cover spot as well you can do that with the Lorenzo Jerome who we mentioned earlier in the show that they brought over from Calgary he was playing Sam linebacker so there's a lot of guys that can kind of play that cover defensive or the linebacker spot but I think with this team, what we're going to find is that you have to, we talked about this already. It's the biggest Swiss army knife defense. Like you've got to be able to do everything. You're going to see linebackers cover. You're going to see them playing the run a lot. You're going to see them rushing the quarterback. They're going to be dropping into coverage. Like they're going to be doing a little bit of everything. And the more players that they have that can do all that, the better for this defense. And that's why I miss Toby Antica and Sam Aguav. And those guys were great. They could be at the line. They could be a linebacker. They could be in coverage. And that's one thing this Chris Jones, Shiver's defense always has done is find those jackknife, those Swiss Army knife guys that can do what do whatever you need and just plug and play. And that's why I think you will we'll see Lucius Purfoy in that cover linebacker spot. 
Um, you and you might see uh, Lacey both play de- defensive end and play linebacker. I don't think it's going to be a set rotation at linebacker, especially on Not the coverage side. I think you are going to get Micah Tights and rotating with the Herman Reed brothers. I think that's easily the, the best move there. That middle linebacker position, though, that is such in the air. Hopefully, Gary Johnson Jr. can be a good fit. I know he was a, he was great in Texas, I believe. But yep, Texas. So it's it's going to be interesting. But a lot of these guys, no one ever heard of them until they play. So, like, did anyone really know who like Ray Williams was at one point? Like, no. So you just gotta nobody. You, you just gotta roll with it, and some guys shine, and some guys don't, unfortunately. And, and we've mentioned it time and time again. The Riders have, have had great luck over the last decade or more filling holes on that defensive uh, backfield. Sorry, the, the linebacking core. They, they constantly run through guys that then get their shot in the NFL or go off to sign big deals elsewhere. It seems to be a consistent thing. And you mentioned the Swiss Army knife, and I think that's exactly what it's going to be for the first two or three weeks is you're going to have six, seven, eight, nine guys rotating in until you find the right group that uh, that plays us into into the playoffs like, and don't get me wrong especially on that canadian side like i remember like sam hurl became a star in regina and because of the system and i think like micah tights could fill that spot no one's going to be cam judge cam judge was a beast and he's a canadian by well whatever but i <laughs> It was the like Alex ben Singleton of Canadians. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he was the the single the, the singleton aspect of it, the the Ben Cahoon rule. But I think it's great when it worked for us. Yeah, it was great, but <laughs> you can't expect Micah Tights or the Herman Reen brothers to be Cam Judge. It's just not going to work. But I think it's going to be. I think we're we're stressing too much. I think it's going to be okay. Our offense is still going to be good though. But that's beside the point. I think there's enough there in the in the backfield to kind of make up for it, and also up front. I don't I don't think the D line's really that bad, and you can almost kind of mask a couple small little holes in the linebacking crew if you have guys in the defensive backfield that can come up and play that role as well. So yeah, I agree. I don't think it's actually going to be as bad as as a lot of people are thinking. It's just a matter of who's actually going to play, and it might not be the big names that we're used to but we're still going to have some damn good players there. I'm going to throw out a complete surprise starting linebacker by weeks. We'll go week eight. Sam McGuavin. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't see it happening, for, but all right. Because, because he gets traded from the Dolphins to no. like the Saints? No, there's <laughs> there there's been a lot of talk about uh, – uh, the the Dolphins signing uh, Shaquem Griffin today, and how Aguavin has kind of fallen down the to the special team spot, and that's the spot they bring in a guy like that for. And he's a name that has been mentioned over the last twenty four hours as a potential cut in Miami. If that happens, and he came back here, oh I will buy God. your season tickets for you for the next two years. <laughs> oh my! Okay. You're recording I, this, I, right? I am Dead the wit- I am the witness to this bad bet but all right <laughs> and, and i'd I, say i'd hold you to that but i want to win my, 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 my only concern on the, on this uh d- defense though is their run stopping because i'm a, I'm a little concerned we're going to be eating up like swiss cheese against the winnipegs of the world 
Oh, you're really hoping that uh, that D line can can plug the holes there with Micah Johnson and Charbel DeBeer and Mac Henry. How how fast do you think Dickinson and uh, and whatnot were on the phone to Chad Jeter after uh, after Leonard went down or after Bishop went down? Sorry, I don't I, think I'm so. pretty sure by then it was too late. <laughs> I don't think so though. This, I, we talked about how this team has had no problem finding linebackers in the last decade. Go back the last two decades and this team has never had a problem finding defensive ends they've been able to find them since the early 2000s that's one spot that if you go with a guy that we've never heard of i'm perfectly okay with and that's what keon adams is and he seems to have the track to to being that starter opposite ac leonard yeah but is he a crazy uh, anti-vaccine conspiracist because that's all i care about right now oh. am i missing something there john check oh Yes, <laughs> trying to trying to eliminate that part from uh, from my memory. No comment. <laughs> I don't cheer for these guys because of what they do off the field. I cheer for what they do on the field. And that's yeah. about it. But sometimes they mix, and unfortunately, yeah, you can't avoid right. it. <laughs> One more thing here on the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. We won't spend too much time on it now. We'll bring it up a little bit more before the first game against BC. But new restrictions. At Mosaic Stadium for games, the big ones, the new ones, no sunflower seeds, no peanuts, which, hey, in, in a pandemic year where people spit those all over the ground, I'm 100% for. It makes a mess. And I love having sunflower seeds at games. I always put them in a cup. But pandemic year, I get it. It makes perfect sense to me. There's other options you can have for, for a snack there. But uh, no horns and no costume masks steve are you going to be able to paint your face well you know what's funny last i keep saying again last year 2019 um i actually got stopped on the way into the stadium because one of the security guards wanted me to take off my mask and look at the camera and then i was like this is face paint and they actually went and touched my forehead They're like oh carry on so i i think i'll be okay with that outfit if i wanted to but i i was looking at making a change and I'm very glad that I didn't uh, fork out the money that it would have cost to uh, update or change my costume to something new because what I wanted to do involved a full face mask. Now, I I'm not happy about a, that rule. I know there's a difference between them, but it's funny how they say, hey, if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask in the stadium, please do. But now they're saying, hey, no masks. The irony there is not uh, lost <laughs> on me. I know it's completely different things where we're talking medical masks against Halloween masks, but uh, that's just kind of kind of funny to me there i'm, I'm trying to understand the reasoning behind that particular rule you i would get it in the concourse where you're walking around with a full mask on okay security concern so don't allow them on the concourse but sitting in your seats i, I can't see myself running into a lot of people sitting on my ass well if, if there's if there's a uh complaint about a guy wearing a werewolf mask and that guy with a werewolf mask all of a sudden removes that mask it's hard to point them out. Well, what they what they usually do in, in a lot of stadiums, and Regina included last year, uh, if you're in the stadium wearing a mask, you need to walk in with the mask off, so that this so security can see what you look like without that mask. So they've they've got they, they would have proof of who that person is without the mask. It's not like it's Bane; they only care what he looks like when he's got the mask. 
What concerns me the most is that without having masks, we're going to see what Ferland's face looks like. And I know, Steve, <laughs> you work with him. You see it all the time. But, man, I haven't seen Ferland's face in a while. And it's been kind of nice, actually. <laughs> I know I want to talk. He, he beat me to the joke because I was waiting. I was teeing up the Ferland uh, wearing a mask joke. And I, God, again, <laughs> no comment. Alex beat me to it. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it's basically uh, you have to have the clear bag which is what we got in 2019. We all knew that was coming and that was going to be the plan for 2020. It was just getting people used to it. And so that's the rule here in 2021, that clear bag that you got with your season tickets. I got to find mine. I have no idea where it is. That's all you can bring in. And uh, water, obviously it's the same thing. No, uh, it has to be sealed water that you bring in one liter or under. No, it has to be still water. So no, uh, no Perrier or uh, no, no flavored water. Yeah, no, no, class, no classy people. No, Got no, it. No, no buble. But no, uh, like if you have a vitamin water, you can't bring that in. Hmm. Which is a little odd to me, but whatever. It's all anyway, about the mighty dollar on that one. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. They want you to buy their product, and I get it. I'm of the opinion, honestly, you shouldn't be able to bring anything in. But uh, like in terms of business wise, as much as I will bring in my water, um, I get it. I understand why they wouldn't want that. I have two. I have two gluten-free children. It's very hard to find gluten-free crap in that stadium. This is very true. Well, maybe you should train them better. Wait, no. Yes, that is the problem. (laughs) I did not train them to properly digest gluten. That's what you hear all the time. It's it's not it's not a real thing. Oh no, it is. Steve's been learning about nutrition on Facebook again. I see. Oh, bleep. oh yeah, man, that's where I go for all my, <laughs> all my five G related news, and it's great. The conspiracies you can find when you go digging, it's fantastic. Okay, quick side note: Did you know that twenty percent of Americans believe that the vaccine actually has a microchip? Twenty percent. I read that article. I I I, couldn't, I could not believe it was that. I well, I couldn't believe it was that low to be honest, but I still blew my mind. <laughs> it. it Nothing about what's happened over the last year surprises me anymore. That all whole right. idea of when you go, when you go to, uh, or when you look at those movies with the end of the world things, and all you got to do is listen to the scientist, and nobody does, and that'll never happen in real life. Here we are. <laughs> well, there's your Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. We're gonna skip the Piffles memories this week because I want to save one for next week that we're gonna get into. We'll talk about the 2013 West Final in Calgary next week here on the show. Also, my um, birthday. Right, oh yeah, I guess so. Right around there. Yeah, it was my birthday. That would have been a way better birthday. I it imagine. was. A, it was an awesome birthday. <laughs> um, and also next week, like we mentioned, we'll we'll have Derek Dennis on the show. And uh, we're going to predict the Riders' record. We're going to have lots of uh, news from cuts coming out. Hitting into- Ring the bell. Me and Alex are going to go at it. We're going to fight on this. I'm going to tell you exactly why the Riders will not be better than Th- eight and six. This might be your worst take since Greek food. I'm telling you right now. And That's the best part is take. I get to be the ref, the referee for both of these. And the first one was no, glorious. I no, really it, hope this one okay, is as no, well. No, no. Okay. All you did the first one was laugh your ass off and apologize to the, uh, the cab driver. Wow, that that might have been yeah accurate and amazing, and that's and all I'm going to do this time is is laugh my ass off. While you do, guys we need go a ca- do we need a cab driver? I'm an Uber driver, so oh, there you go. <laughs> Doing two rolls. <laughs> I'll, I'll apologize to myself constantly. The, the, the Swiss Army knife of the podcast, apparently. There you go. There you go. 
That's why we can't get rid of you, Steve. <laughs> That's it. Thank God have we tried. <laughs> but we'll and we'll also take a look at the riders receivers a little bit deeper next show as well. Gentlemen, this is our uh I guess second and last we'll, show before game week. And we'll talk about an actual game next week. Well, kind of. No, cuz the green and white game. I mean, it's a game. That doesn't No, that's the title. We'll talk about practice. actual football. We're Allen Iverson practice. Here. It's Allen Iverson right here. We're talking about practice, not a game, not a game. Not the reason why we play the game. I forgot. Okay, Sorry. so I'm rewatching Ted Lasso, and I forgot that he did the practice speech. Hey, spoilers! You haven't seen Ted Lasso yet? No, you. Suck. I don't have. I don't have Apple. Technically, neither do I, but Stop. I've still seen Ted Lasso. Yeah, you, you, you can get a free trial enough. for it right now. Yeah, I don't care enough. Oh, dude! So good. I still have to finish. I still have to finish The Office. You guys, I'm eh. still plugging away on that. Jeez. Well, we can anyway. we can end this show and let you get back to watching The Office. Oh, well, I appreciate that. So that, that's going to be it for us here on the Piffles Podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode here on your premier Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course, Piffles Podcast brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street at Sass Drive in Regina. And special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage, Regina Realty, and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Time to go, guys. That means it's Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. For the gun, third and one from the gun underneath those Thursday night lights. Singing long.